0: If we could put that slide up that I provided, I'd appreciate it. This is a picture of my dad, Donald, and uh, he passed into the Lord's presence on January the 17th after a long and courageous battle with Parkinson's disease. And I just from my heart wanna thank you so much for your sweet prayers and messages to me and to our family and assure you that the Lord heard and answered all your prayers, and his sustaining grace was more than enough. We felt that grace, and we continue to do so. I specifically want to thank the pastors and the deacons of this fellowship for their tremendous love and support in releasing me for the ministry with my family surrounding my dad's passing. It truly touched me and Beth that the plan was for the church here to send one of our pastors to actually attend my dad's service in Canada. You will never know how much that meant to us, that kindness. As it turned out, some circumstances didn't allow for that to take place, but that even that was the plan uh, moved me to tears of gratitude more than once. Thank you for the pastors and deacons who have carried on with some of my responsibilities while I've been away. I truly appreciate that. Um, I had the privilege of planning and conducting my dad's service, and God gave grace for that. And um, My dad was a tremendous supporter of the ministry God had called me to do. Um, As you may know, I've served the Lord in four different churches, none of which have been close to where my parents have lived four churches in three different countries, and my dad's attitude was always, do the Lord's will wherever he calls you to go. It meant so much. Uh, Mom and dad were married 68 years, and so mom soldiers on without my dad, and uh, because of his need of care on Lord's days for many, many months, she's not been able to attend their church physically, But this morning, God willing, she is sitting in her own church with God's people and my one sister flanking her on the one side. And I thank God for that. I want to begin this message by stating something that you may know or you may never have considered. And it is this Our lives are best read backwards. Your life is best read not forwards, but your life is best read backwards. That's what Adam and Eve realized. That's what Abraham and Sarah understood. That's what Ruth concluded after adversity and loss. That's what Joseph knew. That's what we know by looking at our Savior's 33 years of earthly ministry. All of these lives, and yours as well, are best read backwards. Try doing that soon for yourself. Read your life backwards. It will prompt praise and thanksgiving and faith in your Savior. When you read your life backwards, you see God's sovereignty, that he's a ruler of your life. You see his providences, his interventions in his wisdom and love and mercy in your day-to-day dealings. When you read your life backwards, you see yes and no answers to your prayers, and you get a better focus and understanding of why God answered yes and of why God answered no. No. And as you read your life backwards, all the Ephesians tens, the good works which he's prepared beforehand for you to individually do, are mapped out very clearly when you read your life backwards. Ephesians 2.10, as you would know, for we are his workmanship, Greek poema, from which we get poem, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, watch, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'll give you one example from my dad, and then I'll move to the text. My dad was saved as a young adult in his late 20s. He would have called himself a Christian. In fact, he was an elder in a liberal Christian church. When he was born again and came to trust Christ alone for salvation, he went to the senior pastor of the church in which he was an elder, and he told the pastor, I've become a born-again Christian. And the liberal pastor said, that's good. And my dad said, are you a born-again Christian, Dr. Hunter? He said, no, I'm not but we need people like you in the church. And so my dad said, I've come to believe the Bible is God's word and I read it that way, that it's true and it's speaking to my life. I believe that God created everything that there is in six literal days. Do you believe that, Dr. Hunter? Not literally. I believe that God said fire down on Elisha's or Elijah's altar and proved himself to be God against the Baal worshipers. I believe that. Do you believe that, Dr. Hunter? No, not literally. I believe that God appointed a great fish to spare his runaway prophet Jonah and the fish spit the Jonah out on the beach so he could go to Nineveh and preach. Do you believe that, Dr. Hunter? Not literally. Dr. Hunter, I believe that Jesus Christ fed 5,000 men plus women and children with a boy sack lunch. Do you believe that? Not literally. So my dad said, Dr. Hunter, I guess I gotta get the bottom line. I believe that Jesus Christ rose bodily from the dead. Do you believe that? Not literally. Dr. Hunter wasn't a Christian. And my dad said, well, Dr. Hunter, I need to find another church that believes these things literally. Changed the whole trajectory of our family. My dad's leadership and conviction, courage, My dad was a funeral director for 50-plus years. I did a little math, and that means he directed the funerals probably of over 7,500 dead persons. And because he was saved at 29 years of age and owned two funeral homes in Toronto, he ministered the gospel as the owner of the funeral home. He had that liberty to so many bereaved families and led many of those bereaved persons to saving faith in Christ. His life is best read backwards, and so is yours, and so is mine. Life is best read backwards. Please turn your Bibles to Psalm 103. Psalm 103 verses one to five there, I ask there not to be slides This morning, so that you can follow in your copies of God's word, your hard copies or your device copies of God's word. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, 1977 edition. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Ours now is to touch down on several words within these verses, what those words mean, and to touch down on several theological truths which are presented by the verses I have just read. Let's start in verse one with the word bless. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You will see that in verses one and two, the command to bless the Lord is mentioned twice. The first part of verse two, bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. A restatement of the command in verse one, bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. That is, how do we bless the Lord? We adore him. We thank him. Let me ask you, how do you feel when you give a very well thought out gift to another person and they'd never bother to thank you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Adore him, thank him regularly, exalt him to the highest place in your heart. Next word I want to camp down upon is soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. The Hebrew word is nefesh. It's the breath of life, which came from God to Adam. God breathed nefesh, into Adam, according to Genesis 2 7, which reads Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a nephesh, Hebrew, a soul, a living being. Now, let me ask you. Does it not make total sense that since the Lord has breathed into us the breath of life, giving us eternal souls, that we should constantly breathe out of us our blessing of Him, our thanking of Him, and our exalting of Him? We go on to verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, watch, and forget none of His benefits. Verse two builds on verse one, but it adds to the call to bless God from verse one. It adds the call to remember God's benefits given to us. And so why? (laughs) Why must we be called by the scriptures to remember God's benefits? Why? Because we're forgetful creatures. Hence, we are commanded to observe the Lord's Supper, for instance, because we are forgetful creatures. And we're going to come to the Lord's table, the believers who are here today are going to come to the Lord's table to remember what Christ did for us on the cross, the difference that makes for time and for eternity. We remember the blessings of the cross at the Lord's Supper. And here we are commanded in Psalm 103, 1 to 5, we're commanded to not forget or to remember five specific blessings given to us by our generous God. What are those blessings? He pardons us. He heals us. He redeems us. He crowns us. And he satisfies us. Let's take these five tremendous blessings Blessings that we are not to forget individually. First, benefit one, he pardons us of all our iniquities. First three, first half, who pardons all your iniquities. The Hebrew word for pardons is salak, it means to forgive, to not count against, to spare. And what Of what are we pardoned? According to the half verse, all of our iniquities. Hebrew for iniquities, avon. Avon. Avon, these are our conscious and unconscious evil, perversities, faults, mischief, and the eternal consequences of the same. That's what we're pardoned of. That's what we're forgiven of. That's what's not countered against us. That's what we're spared because Christ being our Lord and our Savior. No wonder we're to bless the Lord with all that is within us. We go on the second part of verse 3 gives us benefit number 2 that we're not to forget. He heals us. Second part of verse 3. Who heals all your diseases. Now watch this. Don't miss this. Often, and even typically, this healing of our diseases is by way of physical death. Sounds odd, doesn't it? The ultimate healing that God affords the believer in his son, usually and typically, is physical death. My dad's disease was a somewhat unique form of Parkinson's disease, the form that Michael J. Fox still courageously battles. My dad's progressive, supranuclear palsy, variety of Parkinson's disease, as it advances, the person can no longer swallow, and if, if that person is given food in that state, often they choke to death. God healed my dad of that prospect. God called my dad home before he could have choked to death. who heals all your diseases. It's interesting that the disease that dad carried is called progressive supranuclear palsy. Isn't that interesting? Theologically, the disease was progressive. It was moving him stride by stride, foot by foot closer to Jesus in heaven. Progressive. And as I mentioned, on January 17th, my dad was marvelously healed. Marvelously healed, totally healed. No more imbalance, no more non-functioning legs, no more hampered speech, no more shaking hands and arms, no more extreme shoulder and neck pain, no more difficulty swallowing. Healed with the Lord. The Parkinson's battle is over. And so we thank the Lord for his benefit of perfectly healing my father on January 17th. But there's more in the text. Not only are the benefits of pardon and healing to be remembered, but also benefit three, verse 4a, he redeems. 4a, who redeems your life from the pit. The Hebrew word is galal. It means to redeem, to buy back from bondage. It means to get out of slavery to sin. And the scripture in this verse calls that bondage to sin that we all were in before conversion, it calls it the pit. Verse 4a, who redeems your life from the pit. The Hebrew word for pit is sakath, sakath. It means a trap, it means destruction, it means corruption, it means the grave. And no wonder we are to bless the Lord with all of our souls and all that is within us. We've been delivered from the trap, we've been spared the destruction, we no longer are under corruption, and our bodies will not stay in the grave. Thank you, Lord. And there are more benefits that we are not to forget. There are more benefits beyond the facts that God pardons us and heals us and redeems us. Our magnanimous God also benefit for verse 4b, He crowns us. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. According to that half verse, the crown that He crowns us with in this life, with its duress, with its pressure, with its downturnings, with its losses, with its heartbreaks, the crown with which we have been crowned, if we know Christ as Lord and Savior, has two dimensions to it. Everyday dimensions to it. Every hour of our redeemed lives, dimensions to the crown. What are they? Loving-kindness and compassion. Loving kindness, I've taught you before, is the Hebrew word hesed, perfectly loyal love. You think someone's loyally loving you, your husband or your wife, good. God in Christ loves you more loyally. Someone you expected to love you loyally and betrayed you, abandoned you, forsook you, hurt you, and did not apologize, don't worry. The supreme being in the universe loves you with perfectly loyal love. Won't turn your back. Won't turn his back on you. Won't fail to care about you. Won't refuse to intervene in your life. Praise the Lord. The crown's first aspect then is... Hesed, loving kindness, to expand on Hesed beyond the truth of loyal love. Hesed love in Hebrew is kind, it is merciful, it is willing to show pity, it does good, and it is faithful and not fickle. I told you when I was doing some door to door evangelizing at Dallas Seminary, we came into an apartment complex and there was a young man about my age with a golden retriever. And so trying to bridge from earthly things to spiritual things, I said, what's your dog's name? He said, Hesed. (laughs) That's a good name for a dog. Loyal love. Turns out he was a Dallas Seminary grad student that I hadn't met yet. He named his golden retriever Hesed. Loyal love. But that's only one aspect of the crown with which God crowns you as a believer. Not only is that crown emblematic of God's loving kindness, it's also emblematic of God's compassion. The Hebrew word for compassion is rakam, rakam. Compassion which is tender. Compassion which is merciful. And some of the literature of biblical Hebrew says that this compassion is likened to the situation within the womb of a loving mother. Compassion, tender, merciful love. That's what you know in your crown if you know Christ. And so we, the redeemed, must truly bless the Lord for such loving kindness and compassion, shown to us 24 hours a day, 365 this year, 366 days of the year. Praise God. And we have a fifth benefit that we are not to forget. And it is, in verse 5a, he satisfies us. You want to be satisfied? Money won't do it. Physical intimacy won't do it. Advancement in your career won't do it. Health and strength won't even do it. You want to be satisfied? Find your satisfaction in the one you are to bless with all your soul. And so, my beloved church family, since the triune God pardons all of our iniquities, since he heals for eternity all of our diseases, since he redeems us from the pit of all that is sin, and since he daily crowns us with loving kindness and compassion, therefore, we must constantly, deliberately, thoroughly, sincerely choose decide to bless him, to thank him, to exalt him, to adore him, and to praise him. And when we do that, he satisfies us. He satisfies us like nothing can. He satisfies us like no one can. And how does the scriptures describe the satisfaction that is ours because of the one that we are to bless continually with all our soul and all that is within us? He satisfies us first in our years and second in our youth. See it there? Verse 5. Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The two ways that God satisfies the person who chooses to constantly and consistently bless his holy name is he satisfies us in our years and he satisfies us in our youth. In our years, the text says he gives us good things. And in our youth, we are told that he renews. That is, he gives strength His strength in exchange for our weakness, like an eagle, we soar above our circumstances. We're not confined by them. We're not hindered by them. We're not tethered by our circumstances. We fly like an eagle in the strength of God as though we were 16 years old and maybe we're 106. And so I want to wrap up. Since the believer is pardoned, healed, redeemed, crowned, and satisfied, here's the elephant in the room. Why do we so often forget God's benefits? Verse 2 warns us not to. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. I was thinking about that up in Canada, praying about that. Why is it that I need to, be remember, to remember not to forget his benefits? Why am I so prone to forget God's benefits for me? Why are you so readily able to forget what God has benefited you with, why? Here's a few reasons. Because we're battling our flesh. It's a civil war within each of us, according to Romans 7. We're battling our flesh until we see the Lord. Number two, why we forget. 90% of our flesh patterns are negative, not positive. Some flesh patterns are positive and look like they're good, by the way, but 90% of our flesh patterns are negative. They look bad. And negative flesh patterns or positive flesh patterns are not grateful to God, nobody cares for me, my boss is a jerk, my son never calls me, I got this pain that won't go away in my body, flesh patterns never are grateful to God, why must we remember God's benefits, number three, we're control freaks, We want to control everything. Why do we need to be reminded of God's benefits? Number four, because we take too much credit for our lives. We steal God's glory. We take a bow when we should raise our eyes to the one who made it possible. Number five, we don't live as though we really believe John 15 verse 5. When Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Watch it. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, I can do nothing of eternal import. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing that's going to outlast you in the eyes of heaven. Why do we need to be remember, to remember not to forget God's benefits? Number six, we disregard Romans 12, verse three, which says, for through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, watch, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, watch, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. We think too much of ourselves. We throw our shoulders out, patting ourselves on the back. We see ourselves as God's gift to our mate. As God's prize to this church. That's why we have to remember God's benefits. Number seven, why do we have to remember? We separate the holy from the secular. We say, well, this is my holy life on Sundays, and this is my secular life, and never shall the twain meet. No. When you remember God's benefits, you know these are homogenized. These go together under the lordship of Christ. My Sunday life is under the lordship of Christ. My Monday to Saturday life is also under the lordship of Christ. We don't fence our worship to Sundays only, I hope. If your car can play a CD, I hope you're playing Christian music. Don't listen to the talk shows. It's a lot of hot air. Listen to Christian music in your car when you're in the traffic jams. And your homes. I hope you sing unto the Lord a new song. I hope your mate hears you. Even if he or she is not yet a Christian. I hope your children under your roof know that you're making a melody in your heart to the Lord. And there's no compartmentalizing of your worship to be just a Sunday thing and not to ever encroach upon Monday to Saturday. I hope that's not the case. That's why we have to remember God's benefits. We also... Need to not forget God's benefits, because so often we suffer from the turtle atop the fence post syndrome. Alex Haley, who wrote the runaway bestseller Roots," the book, he was interviewed for television, and he said that what's happened in his life as a best-selling author is like being a turtle on a fence post. There's no way the turtle gets on top of the fence post except somebody puts it there. And Haley says, many people put me on top of the pencil, fence post in selling this book and acknowledge them. We must acknowledge that if we are on top of any fence post that we enjoy, God put us there. Another reason we're so prone to forget God's benefits is that we war- aren't in his word enough. You can't read God's word very long before you understand what he's done for you in Christ, what he's going to do for you in Christ. Be in the word. Why must we not forget God's benefits? Number 11, we are absent from too many Lord's Supper observances. If you absent yourself from enough monthly Lord's Supper observances, you are on your way to forgetting God's benefits. You are on your way to missing out on God's satisfaction. Why must we remember God's benefits? Because we fall into the very first sins of Lucifer and Eve. Lucifer's sin was pride, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. Read it on your own. He wanted to be like God above God wanted God's glory we fall into that sin of pride so often Eve's first sin was the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life according to 1 John 2.16 that's the timeless categorization of Satan's temptations for us to sin the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life Satan is not does not have ingenuity. Satan is not creative. God is creative. Satan creates nothing new. And so the pattern for temptation of Eve and Eden is the same pattern he uses for you this week to get you to sin by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the boastful pride of life. 1 John 2 16. You can check it out. Why? Is it so easy for us to forget God's benefits? 13, we're sheep. Ever been around sheep? They're dumb. They're dumb. They wander off. They get in trouble. They forget the master's voice sometimes. Sheep are dumb. So are we compared to God. We're dumb, forgetful creatures. And I would say in alignment with the thrust of this message from Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, we need to be reminded of God's benefits for us because we are not reading our lives backwards enough. When was the last time you read your life backwards? Start with where you are today and work back. What has God done to bring you to where you are today? Go back. Write it out. Make it a spiritual exercise. Okay then, so we forget God's benefits where guilty is charged. How then do we remember God's benefits? Several ways I have for us. Let me make it very personal to you, each one of you, and let me say this. How do you remember and not forget God's benefits to you? Number one, you bless the Lord. You bless the Lord personally, privately, and publicly. You bless the Lord. Number two, you bless the Lord as a holy habit, a holy way of living. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So bless the Lord practically. Bless the Lord purposefully. Bless the Lord prayerfully. Do that, and you'll not forget his benefits. Number three, you journal. You get a plain, spiral-bound book at a local office stationery store, very inexpensive, blank pages, and you go to the Lord in his word and prayer every day, and you make journal entries. A for adoration, C for confession of sin, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication, praying for the needs of others. Focusing in on T here, Thanksgiving in your journal. What I usually write is today I am thankful for dot dot dot. It may be eyes that can see. It may be two wonderful children. It might be you as a body of believers. It might be a car to drive, etc. Today I am thankful for dot dot dot. Write in your journal every day. Number four. How will you not forget God's benefits? You regularly and specifically confess your sins or your iniquities to God. None of these prayers, if, I, if I've sinned it all, Lord, please forgive me. That is a shotgun confession. We want rifle shot, rifle shot confessions. Name names. The Greek word in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess is homo legeo homo means the same, legato means to speak or to say. When we properly confess our iniquities to God, we name names. Lord, when I spoke roughly to Susie, that was sin. Then after I rise from confessing that sin to God, I go to Susie because the sin was also against her and I ask for her forgiveness. None of these prayers and forgive me all my sins, I'm going to bed now. Uh Uh-uh. Be specific, be a rifle shot, not a shotgun blast. How will you and I remember God's benefits? Bless the Lord. Blesses the Lord as a habit. You journal, you regularly, specifically confess your sins, five. You refuse to take your good health for granted. All of us have been to prayer meetings when it's basically an organ recital. Not that kind of an organ, but Mary's liver and Sammy's ear and Katie's knee. It's okay to pray for infirmities and illnesses. I'm not saying it isn't. But I'm saying, what about thanking God for the parts of you that work? A sound mind you rise with in a day. Hands that can grip, feet that can walk. What about giving an organ recital of praise, blessing the Lord for what's going right in my body? If you do that and just don't take your good health for granted, but thank God for your good health, organ by organ within you, you will not forget his benefits. Number five. I spoke of this a little earlier. You listen to or you sing hymns or praise choruses which are focused on redemption and the cross. You know what I noticed? How many people are singing word for word, godless songs in the airport or on the street? They've memorized these words that do not honor Jesus Christ, in fact dishonor Jesus Christ with their morality and immorality, and they know the songs Do we, the body and bride of Christ, know the hymns by memory? The praise choruses that we sing on Sundays, are they on your lips through the week? If they are, you will not forget God's benefits. I suggest if you're wanting to start today, you make a YouTube or a, otherwise social media-based platform of all the songs that are true to the doctrine of our church that focus on redemption and the cross. Some of those songs are real old and they're real good. Some of them are contemporary and a few of the contemporary ones are good too. Your playlist, your head should be loaded with music that focuses on your redemption and the cross work of Jesus Christ. Then you won't forget God's benefits. With that journal that you're going to write every day and so far today I'm thankful for, dot, 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 I want you in your journals each day to spot the daily heseds and compassions you see from God in your life. Journal them. Didn't have an accident on the five-spoke roundabout. Had money to buy lunch. Had a relationship healed that's been long needing Healing. Etc. In your journals, spot and journal the daily loyal love and compassion given to you in God. Number eight, if you would remember God's benefits, you would be a satisfied Christian. Content. You would be satisfied with the length of your life. I love it when Bahamians say so frequently, I love it. How are you? Praise God for life. There you go, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Thank God for life. Every day's a gift. Use it, cherish it, invest it. But not only that, satisfaction with the length of your life, but the text says, satisfaction with your daily renewal of strength. I love what Bahamians say as well. I'm going to do thus and so, the Lord willing. How are you? Right here. How's it going? Hanging on. I would just add, hanging on with him. All is well? Most all things. All is well? Most all things. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Number nine. You want to remember the benefits of God? You brag on the Lord. You brag on him. You're positive. You're grateful. You're content. You know, when you're that kind of a person, other people will seek you out. But when you are negative, ungrateful, and discontent, frankly, people will avoid you. Are people avoiding you? Check your attitude. Check who you're boasting in. When you boast in the Lord and it shows by positivity and gratefulness and contentment, then people will flock to you because you're an influence on them that they know they need. Life is full contact sport. The world wants to take no prisoners. How do you remember the Lord's benefits to you? You understand the exchange life. You understand Isaiah 40, verse 31. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. In the Hebrew, will exchange for new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. And then the New Testament seminal verse on the exchange life is Galatians 2.20. Paul Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. (laughs) Want to remember the benefits of the Lord? Remember you're crucified with Christ. His cross was your cross. His life is now your life. If you've been crucified with Christ, believer, and you have been, then the only life you have left to live is Christ's life. Pastor Anthon read from Colossians. Christ, who is our life, is revealed. And last, how do you remember and not forget the Lord's benefits? you start reading your life backwards. You start with where you are and you think of the major life events that God intervened to make possible in your life and how they stack up upon each other that now when you read it forwards, you see how you got to where you are now by the mercy of God, by the compassion of God, by the loving kindnesses of God. I would encourage you before next Sunday to get a piece of paper and a pencil and to read your life backwards. Event, 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 non-event, event. event. Then I challenge you that once you've written out your life to date backwards, I challenge you to tell one person about your life read backwards over a Coca-Cola, glass of water, cup of tea. I wanna tell you about my redeemed life as I read it backwards. Would you come and sit with me for half an hour? Parents, your children must know how your redeemed life reads backwards. Don't let them come to the cemetery as I did with my dad and bury your body without knowing about what Jesus Christ has done in your life. Don't let that happen. Read your life backwards this week. Use a pencil because you're going to erase and change and, and you know, correct. Use a pencil. and then once you got it down, make it an ink, and carry it around with you in your purse, carry it around with you in your pocket, so you can pull it out to a coworker, to a neighbor, to an acquaintance, to someone you're standing in line with, say, at the bank. One person's been in a long line at the bank. <laughs> Bless the Lord. <laughs> oh my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Please stand with me. Lord, we stand before you as your redeemed people. We stand before you in humility and gratitude. We stand before you counting our many blessings, naming them one by one. We stand before you committed to reading our lives backwards and sharing the story often. Lord, forgive us for our forgetfulness as sheep. Help us to remember. And the practical applications that have been suggested, may they integrate themselves into our daily thinking and living. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. 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 Please remain stand.